You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. To the word for tonight real quick. Okay, I hope you came ready to, uh, to hear a word from God. Um, I'm going to preach a message to you that um, honestly is really near and dear to my heart. Um, so if you're taking notes, you can get your, your journal or your phone out, or if you've got a physical Bible with you. Does anybody have a physical Bible with them tonight? Just curious. we got a couple. Okay. I want to see a student bring a physical Bible next week. That would be dope. For our Word series, it's going to be all about the Bible. But um, this message, it's, it's not going to be a, a crazy one. You, you might have heard this before. In fact, I've actually preached this before at New Song Students. Um, but it's been a hot minute, and I think most of you haven't heard it. So I was like thinking about tonight and just praying about it, and I felt like the Lord reminded me of this message, something near and dear to my heart. So I wanted to preach this to you. Is that okay with you guys? So we're going to be starting in Matthew chapter 4 real quick. Matthew chapter 4. And really what I want to talk to you guys about is this, is new beginnings. I want to talk to you guys about new beginnings because I know for many of us tonight specifically is a new beginning. Like maybe for you, you find yourself and you're, you're a seventh grader. You've never been to New Song Students. Tonight is a new beginning for your life. Um, but not only that, I think we all experience new beginnings in our lives all the time. Whether you're a student that's maybe you're getting ready to step into high school next year and you're going from, high school, from middle school to high school, that's a huge new beginning for you. Or maybe for you, you're a student here and you're getting ready to go to college you're trying to figure out what you want to do in the future. We're always, it doesn't really matter what season of life we're in, we're always facing new beginnings in life. And, and in this passage, in Matthew chapter 4, we find uh, Jesus actually getting ready to step into a new beginning. It's, he's getting ready to step into like the reason why he came onto this earth, his ministry. And so in Matthew chapter 4, we find Jesus, he's just been baptized. Y'all remember him, John the Baptist baptizing Jesus? And the sky opens up, and God's like, this is my son, and I'm super proud of him. And then Jesus goes straight from that to the wilderness for 40 days, and he hasn't eaten in 40 days, and he's punching the devil in the face with truth. And then he comes out of the wilderness, and then this is right where we pick up in Matthew chapter 4, directly after the wilderness. Here's what it says. It's going to be up on the screen if you want to follow it with me. As Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Hey, yo, come follow me. So Jesus, Jesus just comes up to two random fishermen, fishermen. He's just like, hey, yo, why don't you come follow me? Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, hey, yo, what's up? Come follow me. So he calls out to them, and they immediately left their boat and their father and followed him. So if you're taking notes tonight, this is the passage that we're in, Matthew chapter 4. The title of this message tonight is Invitation to Greatness. Look to your neighbor and say, invitation. Look to your other neighbor and say, to greatness. Invitation 
to greatness. Okay, let's pray real quick before we get into the word. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. God, I pray that you would fill this room. I thank you that you are already here. What a privilege and an honor it is, God, to be in your presence, Lord. Lord, I think about, I think about the people in the Bible and the Old Testament who couldn't even come to your presence boldly the way we get to, God. But we get to come straight to you, no strings attached. And so right now, we come straight to you, Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would breathe on each and every single heart tonight. I pray that you would speak to us a word that we need tonight. Um, breathe on this message. Help us to see you in a greater way in our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, so in this story, we find the disciples, but they ain't the disciples quite yet. Like at this point in the story, they're still just plain old fishermen, right? And um, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest things that I've learned about reading the Bible, I know I don't want to spill too many of my, my uh, awesome points because I got to save them for my Bible series next week. But one of the things that I have learned is that it is good to read the Bible slow. Read the Bible slow. Look to your neighbor say slow. It's good to read the Bible slow um, because I don't know about you. Maybe you've done this before. You're probably guilty of this. But when I was in high school and when I was trying to get in the habit of reading the Bible for myself and like check it off my good Christian list for the day, um, I would have like a chapter or two chapters to read and I would not read it slow. I would read it really fast because I wanted to check it off my list. So I would like find a verse like this and I would just skim it as fast as I can. I'd be like, as Jesus was walking by the side of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew and they were coming to cast their nets and they were fishermen. And then I was like, okay. And I would check it off my list and I'd be like, I'm a good Christian. <laughs> I read my Bible today. But is, it, is anybody guilty of that, by the way? skimming through your Bible, not actually reading it. You're just kind of like, Brrr. I think we're all guilty of it. But here's what I've learned is really important. Uh, when, you, when you read the Bible slow, you pick up on things that you cannot pick up when you read it too quick. Or another way I want to say it is um, if we don't read or if we read the Bible fast, we may get a bunch of words, but we won't get the truth that we're actually reading. Like we may, we may get a bunch of content in our brains, but we won't be going slow enough for God to actually reveal something to our hearts about it. And so when we read slow, we actually give God space to speak to us when we're reading his word. But not only that, you also just kind of pick up on funny, funny things. Like, you know, the Bible's funny, right? There's details in all over scripture that if you read slow and you read it slow enough to be like, oh, that's what happens. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Look at this. I want to show this to you. This is a moment where if you read it slow, there's some funny details in here. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting their net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And he says, hey, yo, come follow me. That's the Jackson translation. But he says, come follow me. And then they do. So time out. Check this out. What were Peter and Andrew doing whenever... Jesus just showed up and said, hey, yo, come follow me. They were fishing, but, but they weren't just like fishing like the way you and I fish. Like we're just, it's just like the weekend and we're just hanging out on the lake. Just, you know, maybe we'll cook the fish. Maybe we won't. This was, this was not like casual fishing. They were working. Like Peter and Andrew were literally at work on the clock. It wasn't just like they were hanging out fishing. They were they were in the middle of their afternoon shift. 
And then Jesus just decides he can roll up and just say, hey, yo, come follow me. And like, I want you to see that that's kind of crazy that they just left their job to follow Jesus. Like, think about it. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes for a second. Imagine you're at work. Maybe you don't have a job yet, though. Imagine you're at work, and if you don't have a job, you're doing chores at the house. And then somebody comes up to your work, or you're doing chores. They come to your house. It's one of your friends. And they're like, hey, yo, come, come, come hang out. And you just left. Like you just left work, or you just left your chores. How many of you know that would, that would not end well? You would get fired, right? Or you'd get grounded by your parents or whatever. But in this story, it's kind of crazy. Jesus just comes up to them and says, hey, come follow me. And then instantly, they just drop what they're doing, and they follow Jesus. This is a detail that we don't find if we, write, if we read it too fast. And guess what? He does it again with two other brothers. Look at this. It says, going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat, and they were with their father Zebedee. They're fishing, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and they immediately, somebody say immediately. immediately. They immediately left the boat. This is, what, this is a detail we forget to miss. And their father. So they're just like, peace out, dad. They leave their father on the boat and they follow Jesus. Like James and John, you guys are ruthless. Ruthless leaving your dad on the boat like that. But when you take time to not rush the scripture, when you take time to slow down, you pick up on these, on these details. But I didn't bring you here just to pick up on a couple funny details, even though they are funny and I think they're important to see. I wanted to bring you to this one phrase right here, and it's this. Jesus called them. If you've got a Bible with you or you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Jesus called the disciples. And what I want us to see tonight is that he called them to step into a new beginning. And I think Jesus does something really similar for you and me. He calls you and I to step into new beginnings all the time. And I want to look at the story of the disciples because I think we find a pattern of what it means to be called to something great, to be invited to something great. Uh, you know, the first thing I think I want us to see in this, in this phrase, Jesus called them, is, is it, it's important to know that Jesus didn't make the disciples follow him. Like Jesus didn't come up to the boat and force the disciples to get out of their boat and follow him. He, he didn't use his authority. He didn't come up to them and say like, hey, yo, I'm the son of God, king of kings, prince of peace, and I'm going to need you to get out of your boat and follow me because I need 12 dudes to follow me for three years. And if you don't, I'm going to be in trouble. So you need you to get out your boat and follow me. Like, that's not what happened. Jesus didn't make anybody do anything. Jesus called them. In fact, that word called in the Greek is actually a Greek word, kaleo. Say kaleo with me. Say kaleo. Kaleo means to invite. I want you to write that down if you're taking notes. Kaleo means to invite. And so this is what Jesus does. We find Jesus inviting, not forcing, but we see Jesus inviting these fishermen, these busy fishermen, to step into something greater than what they're already doing. And, and the disciples have no idea what they're stepping into. Now, we, we have the privilege of having a bird's eye view of their life. So we can read this and know what they're getting themselves into. But if you put yourself in their shoes, they had no idea what it meant to follow Jesus. They had no idea what they were about to step into. 
But Jesus says, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to take what you're already doing, and I'm going to invite you to do something even greater. I want to invite you to greatness. And so here's what I want us to, to see tonight. Jesus invites you and I to a similar call all of the time. He, he invites us to step into a new beginning, a new greatness that he wants us to walk in. But I think it's important for us to understand what Jesus defines as greatness. Because I think we think of greatness as like, he wants to make me great, right? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. God wants to bless your life and he wants you to prosper and he's going to protect your life and he wants to do amazing things through you. But when we think of greatness, sometimes we think God wants me to feel great. He wants me to do great things. He wants, it's like a meanness, like a selfish greatness. But I actually think Jesus defines greatness right here. It's subtle, but I want you to see this. He says this, come and follow me. And then the second thing he says is, and I will send you out to fish for people. The first thing that I think Jesus shows what greatness is, is following him. And if you're taking notes, write this down. This is what it means for you and I. This is the vision of our church. Know God. The greatest thing you can do in your life, you know, the greatest miracle in your life is not a healing that God may do in your body. It's not a financial blessing that God may give to you one day. The greatest thing that could ever happen to you is for you to step into a real relationship with Jesus. Like for you to know God. And not just to have like an information ship that we talk about on the weekends all the time at church where you just know a lot of stuff about God, but to step into a relationship with God. That's the greatest greatness that Jesus wants to invite you and I to. So number one, I think greatness equals knowing God. But the second thing Jesus shows us is this, and I will send you out and fish for people. So this is the second thing. Help people know God. So this is what Jesus defines true greatness as. Is, and, and it'll look great. Like people should see your life and they should see Jesus moving all over your life. But at the end of the day, this is what greatness should look like for you and me. This is the greatness that we should be striving for. That we know God. And number two, that we help people know God. This is what greatness is all about. And this is what Jesus invites us to. But uh, I, I don't really want to explain to you what biblical greatness is, because I think most of us know that. I mean, we preach that every single weekend here at New Song Church. It's, it's plastered massively on our wall over there. You've probably seen it, right? Help people know God. That's what we're all about here at New Song Church. That's what greatness is. So I don't necessarily want to tell you what greatness is. What I want to talk about tonight is understanding when the invite comes and how to accept the invite, because we see the disciples do something crazy, they receive this invite from Jesus, and they have no idea what they're stepping into, but what do they do? They do it. They accept the invite, and they just do it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've, I've received some invites from Jesus before, and I didn't just step out and do it instantly. <laughs> and I don't know about you, maybe you find yourself here tonight, and Jesus is inviting you to do something, and it's kind of intimidating. This is what I want to talk about tonight, how to accept the invite that Jesus gives to every single one of us. And so really quickly, first point is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. The invite comes during the normal. This is really good. I hope you got that. The invite comes in the everyday, mundane, like normal, routine day of your life. That's when Jesus wants to invite you to do something great. 
to know God and to help others know God. Think about this. The four guys that we see in this passage, what are they doing? We've already talked about it. What are they doing? They're just working. Like this is just a normal Tuesday out on the boat. They have no idea Jesus is coming. They're, they have no idea their life is about to change drastically forever. And one day, on a normal day fishing, Jesus comes up to them and says, hey, come and follow me. And the disciples, I can imagine, if I was a disciple, I'd probably do this. I'd probably say, oh, cool. Like, you want me to follow you? That's cool. Maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean right now? Like, you want me to get out of my boat right now and follow you? Oh, that's a different story, right? And you see, we tend to, I think we tend to dramatize how God invites us to things. And like there are going to be times in your lives where you experience like an amazing moment in God's presence. Where Like Pastor Josh last week, which by the way, who was here for Pastor Josh's word last week? My goodness. Such a good message, which by the way, if you don't, if you didn't get to hear it, I want you to know because Maybe we got some new people who didn't know this. We got a podcast with every single message from this whole year up. You can just go up and search New Song Students OKC and listen to it. So I'd encourage you. Last week's message was so good. Go back and listen to it. But Pastor Josh talked about him being called into ministry at church camp and how it was this really powerful moment where he had this vision from the Lord and and he felt God calling him during the service. And I believe that happens all the time. But I also believe that Jesus can do a same, the same type of invite on a normal day. Like, on a completely normal Monday, it's your summer break, you've got no plans, are you willing to let Jesus totally interrupt your day and invite you to something great? Like, maybe you're working at, on a shift at work, and, and Jesus is inviting you to do something bold, maybe to stand up for him in a way. Maybe you've got coworkers that are just, they, they don't know God, and they're, Maybe they're bashing God and, and you're too scared to share your faith or to be real with them. What if, the what if the invitation to greatness for you is to just be bold in that moment on a normal Monday at work? Or what, what if for you, you've got a friend group that you hang out with all the time and everything just stays surface level? And you guys, are, you've been hanging out for a long time, but nothing goes deeper than the things you're doing, the video games that you're playing. What if the invitation to greatness for you is on a normal day when you're just hanging out with your friends, actually being real about how you feel one day or being real about where you're at with God or what God is speaking to you. These are the types of invitations to greatness that God invites you and I to. And I think sometimes, like I said, we dramatize it. We, like, we think God's going like, to come down in an audible voice and be like, Caleb, I'm inviting you to uh, do something amazing for my name. Go do it. But... What if he doesn't do that? What if he does it on a normal day? And this is what I think we, we miss so many invitations from God all the time because we, th we think it has to come in a certain way. But what if it comes in the normal? Point number one, the invite comes during the normal. The disciples were just fishing. They were just doing their normal thing. And then Jesus, the son of God, showed up to change history. And they were willing to let Jesus interrupt their normal Work shift. Are you willing to let Jesus interrupt your normal day? Point number two is this. The invite lacks details. <laughs> the, invite, the invite lacks details. And this, this is a, an important, I'm telling you, if you're a control freak like me, any control freaks in the house? 
If you're somebody like me and you, um, I, I'm like this. When, I, when I'm going to do something, I don't do it until I know it's going to work, right? Like 100%. And maybe you find yourself like this. This is, this is something that if you're like me, you're going to have to learn to surrender. Because most of the time, the invite that Jesus gives us, it lacks details. Like look at what Jesus says to him. He says, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. How vague is that? That's so vague, Jesus. Like you couldn't give them any details, but Jesus says, no, just trust me. I'm going to do something really great with you if you'll just trust me. And the disciples had no idea what they were stepping into. They had no idea that they would be the 12 dudes that turned this world upside down with Jesus. Some of these guys had no idea that what they were stepping into was one day writing a book of the Bible. These guys had no idea that some of them were going to be the ones, Peter was going to be the one that literally the church was built on. The rock that the church was built on. They had no idea because the plan, the invitation that Jesus gave them, it lacked details. And I think sometimes we miss out on so many invitations from Jesus because we want him to give us the full game plan. But I want to tell you something. He's not going to give you the full game plan. And I think the reason why he does it is because he wants you to follow him. The first thing Jesus said is, follow me. And I think if he gave you the full game plan of how your life was going to look, you wouldn't need Jesus anymore. You would just go off and do your own thing, and then you would get all the glory. But what does Jesus say? He says, hey, all you got to do is this. Follow me, and I'll make something great out of you. That's all you need to know. And so here's what I want you to know tonight, New Song students. The invitations that Jesus is going to invite you into, you can expect them to lack details. And that's okay, because that always brings us into a greater level of trust with him. And the last point is this, as we get ready to close. First point was the invite comes in the normal. Second thing was that the invite lacks details. And the last thing I want you to know is the invite is all you need. If you're taking notes, write that down. The invite is all that you need. You know, Jesus... uh, When he came up to the disciples, he didn't come up to them and say, hey, I want you to follow me when you've got your life together. Like you guys are just poor fishermen and you're uneducated. Um, And so whenever you make some more money and, and you follow the Torah better and you're more spiritual, then you can come and follow me. No, no, no. That's not what happened. Jesus said, I don't care where you're at right now. Come and follow me, and I'll make something great out of you. Here's what I want you to know. The invitation to do something great with Jesus, the invitation is all you need. And you may find yourself receiving an invitation from Jesus and thinking, wow, this is really cool, but, but I've, done, I've done too much wrong. Or I don't feel like I have what it takes. Or I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know the whole plan. Here's what we see in the life of the, of the disciples. They didn't have it all together. In fact, all of them, after they chose to follow Jesus, that was when we see them messing up the most. But it doesn't matter because the invitation was all they needed to step into something great. The invitation was enough to carry them into greatness because guess who invited them? It wasn't themselves. Jesus. It was the Son of God. And you know, I relate to this story a lot. And and I was telling you guys at the beginning of this message that 
this, uh, this word is near and dear to my heart, specifically that phrase, invitation to greatness, because it was something that God gave me in a time when I did not feel like I could step into the greatness that he was inviting me into. You know, there was a season in my life um, four years ago where um, I was not at New Song. I was living in Texas at the time, and Haley and I were engaged, my wife Haley, and we had our whole plan figured out for life. Anybody else got their whole plan just figured out, just to the, down to the science? Um, I want to warn you, if you do have that, just get ready for it to change. Because God's going to come in and see that plan, that nice pretty plan you've got, and he's going to be like, skirt. But I say all that to say this, you know, we had, we had this plan of, of what life was going to look like. We were going to move to Tulsa because we loved Tulsa, and we were going to get married, and we were going to, I was going to finish school and become a counselor, and, and I definitely didn't want to be a youth pastor. Uh, was not, that was not on my radar at all, not in a million years. But just like the disciples, one day, um, on a normal, mundane, ritualistic, routine-type day, I was driving to work in Dallas. I was driving to work, and I got a phone call um, from Pastor David Terry. He's our worship pastor here. And we were, we were friends. We, we went to Gateway, and so I knew him, and we caught up. And then after catching up, he said, hey, um, just want to let you know that we're looking to start a youth ministry and you're the first person that we thought of. And so why don't you pray about coming up and being our youth pastor, starting youth ministry? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll pray about it. But I was like, nope. <laughs> I am not doing that. <laughs> Definitely not going to go be a youth pastor. So before I called Haley, I said, all right, Lord, Haley hears God. And the way she, the way she receives this is going to be a, it's going to be a big deal to me. So I just pray that you would use how she responds uh, to help me know what to do. Because I don't know what to do and I don't want to move. And I call her and she was like, yes, you got to do it. And I was like, dang it. And I was like, yeah. But I say all that to say this. I was a little hesitant to step into the greatness that Jesus had for me. Um, and the invitation, just like the disciples, it came in the normal. But I didn't recognize it from Jesus at the moment. And um, what's point number two? What was point number two? Point number two is that, yes, the invite lacks details. Let me tell you, my invitation to greatness to come and move up to Oklahoma City, it lacked so many details, y'all. I had no idea where I was going to live. I had no idea if I was going to make enough money, if I was going to have to have another job, if I was going to know anybody here or have any friends. I had no idea what I was stepping into. The invitation lacked details, and I wrestled with that. I wrestled with that a lot. In fact, it really scared me to move up here. I got the call in August, and I didn't move up until January. So for like five months, I just thought about it, and I got so anxious. Have you ever thought about something so long you just kind of went crazy? That was me. I was going crazy because I didn't know what to do. Well, one night, one night I'm in Tulsa visiting Haley and um, just having like a panic attack because I'm like, I'm about to move my life to a city where I have I don't know anybody except David and Josh Blunt. And I have no idea how to be a youth pastor. I have no idea how to do anything God is calling me to do. And I was just desperate for a word from God. I, just, I needed to hear from God. And so I did this thing. I wouldn't encourage it, but I did that thing where you just kind of open your Bible to something. And you're like, Lord, please show me something. 
But it wasn't my Bible. I was doing a devotional at the time, and I was just like, God, I need a word for you. And I just opened this devotional up, and, and the title of the devotional was Invitation to Greatness. And I'm telling you, the Lord, he showed me in this devotional this last point right here. This is why I want you to see this point is so important, is that the invite is all you need. And, you know, I was so worked up on whether I had what it took to step into the greatness. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to do that. I was nervous. I was scared. And Jesus was showing me this, Hebrews 13, 21. I love this passage. It says this, may he, who's, who's equipping you? Is it you? Or is it God? It says, may he equip you with, is it just what you need to survive? No, with all that you need for doing his will, for stepping into greatness. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So here's what I want you to see tonight, New Song students. For me, I just needed to realize that, one, the invite that I received when it came in the normal, that was from Jesus. And the invite that didn't lack details for me, that was from Jesus. But it didn't matter because the invite from Jesus was all I needed to step into the greatness that he had for me. And so, you know, New Song students, I don't know where you're, where you're at tonight specifically, but here's what I do know. I know that God's called you to something great. He's called you to step into greatness, just like the disciples, to know him, like to really know him, to have a relationship with Jesus, and to actually help others know him, like your friends, your family. God wants to use you to do this, but we have to recognize what the invite looks like. Because it doesn't always look like what we want it to look like. It doesn't have all the details figured out. It might even be something that you don't want to do, but here's what it does have. It has the power to do it in you. Because Jesus is inviting you to do it. And so right now, before we close tonight, and we get ready to, you know, go back to having fun and giving away an Oculus, which is just really cool. Before we do that, I want you to just stay in an attitude of worship, and I want you to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. There's a greatness that Jesus has in store for every single one of you. He's inviting you to do it. And I just wonder if any of us in this room are willing, are willing to receive that invite on a normal day, on a Thursday, tomorrow, not on a Wednesday night when the lights are, when the lights are high and the band is playing. Are you willing to let Jesus invite, in, interrupt your day tomorrow and invite you to something great? Are you willing for that, that invitation to lack details, <laughs> to trust in him? And are, are you willing to let that invitation be all you need to accomplish what he has for you? You know, like I said at the beginning of, of service, you know, the greatest, the greatest greatness that you and I can step into is not some, some position or some talent or gift that God will give you. Those things are good, but that's just the details. The greatest thing that you guys can step into is a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus, with the Son of God. Not your parents' relationship with them, not your best friend's relationship with him, but your own. And so tonight, maybe you're here tonight, and you haven't made that decision for yourself. Like you've been coming to church your whole life, or maybe tonight's your first time in church and you've never actually given Jesus your heart and made him the Lord of your life. You've never chosen to step into 
knowing God for yourself, stepping into the greatest miracle ever, I want to give you that opportunity tonight. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody's looking around. Maybe you're here tonight and that's you. You need to make that decision. You need to step out of your boat immediately like the disciples and you need to step into a real relationship with Jesus. If that's you and you want to make that decision decision tonight, nobody's looking around, would you just slip your hand up and put it back down? That's awesome. I see you. I see you. I see you. You can put your hand down. That's amazing. We had some people raise their hand. I want to tell you what you're about to do. You're about to pray a prayer. We're going to pray a prayer all together as a family. This is literally the greatest miracle you could ever experience. And it's not going to be something that you necessarily feel. But I promise you, every single angel in heaven is going crazy after you pray this prayer and make this declaration that Jesus is your Lord. So right now, as a New Song Students family, we're going to say this all together. Say, Jesus... I thank you for coming down to this earth, for living a perfect life for me. I thank you for stepping onto the cross, dying a sinner's death, and rising again for me. I choose to make you the Lord of my life. I need you. And I repent for any sin in my heart. I thank you for cleansing me. I praise you and I love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we make some noise for our friends who just, yes. So proud of you guys. Seriously, so proud of you guys. And before we... Before we get ready to wrap up, I want to pray one more prayer over you guys. So I want you to invite you guys to bow your heads, close your eyes one more time. And then we're going to get back to some really, really dope stuff we've got. Father God, I thank you so much for every single student in this room, whether it's their first time here or whether it's their hundredth time in New Song Students. And I thank you for this growing family, not just in numbers, but growing family in our walk and in our relationship with you. And I pray for every single person here tonight. I thank you for the greatness that you have in store for every single one of them. And I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to that invitation, to recognize when it comes on a normal day when we don't expect it, and to be okay with it not having the details we want, but to be able to step out of the boat and follow you. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said...